Hi everyone, this is Nellie. Thank you for tuning in today to my ministry, song, scripture, and my thoughts. Today is May 17th, 2022. Today's song is Salt and Light by Lauren Diego. Today's scripture, I'm going to continue on the precious sermon from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Sermon on the Mount. I'll be reading Matthew chapter 5 and we'll read verses 13 through 20. The last time I was on I read the Beatitudes where we are to pattern the Beatitudes. We have to um, Jesus describes the characteristics that we need to have in order to be one of his disciples and, and how one of his disciples should live. I'm also going to incorporate into today's message Mark chapter 16 verse 15, Luke chapter 14 verse 34, John chapter 8 verse 12, Philippians chapter 2 verse 15 and Colossians chapter 4 verse 6. Today's message is titled Missed Opportunities. I want to just talk a little bit about the last message, just just a little bit, and I've touched on where Jesus in the Beatitudes describes how one of his disciples should be living. We, we need to be poor in spirit. We need to be mournful. We need to be gentle. We need to hunger and thirst for righteousness. We need to be merciful. We need to be pure in heart. We need to be peacemakers. And if we're out teaching and preaching God's word and not watering it down will be we will be blessed because then we'll be persecuted by people for the sake of righteousness and the Lord goes on to say that we'll we'll be insulted and persecuted and people will say false things about us but we need to rejoice now if we have those characteristics we will be very good disciples and we will have no fear, have no hesitation. We will be bold to go out and be the salt and light of the earth. And so that's why he continues with his sermon in regards to disciples and the world. We, it's so important. It was important back then. It's so important now because people, the world, they have lost their way. There is no, for a lot, there is no moral compass. So we have, to, it's so crucial to be out and to be the salt and the, and the light in this corrupt world. Because this world has become so corrupt. And we cannot join in that corruption. We cannot join in that corruption. 
So the Lord uses the example of salt, that we have to be the salt of the earth. Salt, since the beginning of time, until, until other ways were invented, such as the refrigerator and the freezer, where we can, we can now preserve food by, by having a nice ice box to put it in. Back in the day, the, the people used salt to preserve food, to preserve meat, so it wouldn't go rotten. And so what God is, why he uses the word salt is because it's a preservative and we have to be the ones salting the earth with the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. So people can find their way back to the Lord or if they don't know the Lord, we need to teach them. Who else but the disciples that he selects to go out and disciple the world? We are the light. We are the light that people need in this corrupt world. If they just even see a flicker of light in you, they're going to come towards the light and get out of the darkness. So I'll go ahead and start reading if you want to pull out your Bibles. I am currently reading the New American Standard Bible. You might have a different translation and that's fine. It all eventually means the same thing. It all means the same thing. It's just worded differently. So turn your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 5 and we'll be reading beginning in chapter in, excuse me, verse 13. Where our Lord, our precious Lord, remember he's speaking to a multitude of people and Matthew is recording it in the Bible because it is preserved for us. This is our salt. And now we have to be the salt. So you are the salt of the earth, the Lord is saying. But if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Pause. So he is saying, our precious Lord is saying, if we have become tasteless and we're not speaking the good news, we're not speaking to people, we're not opening our mouth to tell people about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and all that he's done, and all that he's doing, and all that he's going to do, He's our salvation. He has cleansed us from our sin. All that he's done. He is saying, can it be made salty again? Yes, it can. By hearing the word of God, he's going to let us know how to become salty again. Because if you remain tasteless, if you remain quiet, if you're so full 
of the joy of the Lord and you're not sharing it, you're not being salty. You're not going forth and answering God's plea for us to to live out the great commission, which is to bring people to the Lord, to let the people know about the Lord. So it's time to open your mouth. It's time to open your mouth and speak again. You can be made salty again. Otherwise, if you no longer are salt or you are never salt, he's saying, you're no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men, which means you're letting the world stop you. They're trampling you. They're keeping you down from being the salt of the earth. And we, we must not let the world do that to us. Be brave. Be Pray for boldness. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Pause. If a person is not walking in the light of God, they are in darkness, utter darkness. Have you ever tried to walk in the dark? It, it, it's unless you know your surroundings, and even if you know your surroundings, you're gonna you still stub your foot, or you run into something. I mean, it is. But if you see a flicker of light, it helps you to see. It takes the blinders off of your eyes, and you can see. This is what our dear Lord is asking us to do. He wants us to be the light. He wants us to be a flicker of light. If anything, a flicker of light. But to shine your light bright so nobody, nobody wonders if you're walking with the Lord. You've got to be the lights on the hilltop you know how when if you're ever getting close to your town at night and you can see the lights and it's usually on the hills it's it's you can usually see the lights on the hills and it's we have to be when people are driving in the dark or walking in the dark the lord is saying you need to be those lights that people are are seeing that they can see and it's so important to not put your light under a basket or hide your light, but to put it out on the out on the lampstand where it can give light to the whole house. Pause. You know, it's it's it was even hard for me at one point. I had to really pray about it because I felt that I needed to keep my light in the closet. And I prayed about it and I put it in my Bible. I said, Lord, I don't want to keep my light in the closet because my relationship with the Lord is so... With each trial and tribulation, I grow closer and closer to the Lord. So I love to be reading my Holy Bible. 
I love to be singing praise music to the Lord. I like to have my worship music on. But there might be others in the house that don't really, they're not at the same faith and belief level as other members of the house. And there might just be one member in the house that has that close relationship with the Lord. But they feel like they, they need to keep to, to be snuffed out or not speak because somebody else doesn't want to hear it in the house. Well, in some households, it might be dangerous. There is extreme religions where they absolutely despise and hate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. They have not seen the light yet. But you might be the light in that house. Well, I wrote out my, my concern that I felt I needed to keep my light in the closet. And I kept it in my Bible and I prayed over it. And the Lord made, there are no mistakes with the Lord. The Lord eventually, that note fell out of my Bible, reached the floor, and, and someone read it. And they couldn't believe that I, that I was that I had written that, that I had to keep my light in the closet. They were offended. But it made its way out into the light, my note, and now I don't feel like I have to keep dim my light by any means. So if that's you and you're living in a more extreme situation with a family member that, you know, it's a matter of life and death or you're going to be thrown out of your home because they don't want any part of Jesus in the, in the home, write it in a note, keep it in your Bible, pray over it, pray for the people in your, in your home, because the Lord says that we, he, he, he says it here in verse 16. Sorry, verse 15, that our light needs to give light to all all, underline that word in your Bible, all who are in the house. Now, the Lord understands. He knows your situation. And he will tell you when it is time to re reveal your situation to the other people, just like he did with my note. I didn't help it make its way out of the Bible but the Lord helped it fly out into the light. And he will do that in your situation. It might not be today, might not be next week, might not be next month. Who knows? In God's timing, he will help you save your, families, your family members because ultimately that's what he's saying here to do, that we need to bring all of our household into the love of Jesus Christ. So in verse 16 says, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven. Pause. So is, he is saying here, we need to let our light shine in such a way, in such a way that everybody that sees us will know that we are a child of God, that we know the Lord, that we're saved individual. And they're eventually going to want what we want. And everything that we're doing, being the salt of the earth, being the light 
of the world and the salt of the earth. Everything that we're doing, everything, for every person that God puts in our path, if we, we reach out and be the salt to that person and be that light, that hope, God is going to see and they are going to see it says to shine our light before men in such a way that they may see your good works. And by doing this, you glorify your father who is in heaven. He is so happy when we reach out to somebody that's in our, that he puts in our life. So the great commission, be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. That is the great commission to everybody that you see. Proclaim with boldness that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He, he was and is and is to come. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He alone can save us. He alone can save us. That is why the Father sent His Son down to the earth to be born of the Virgin Mary and to become man and to teach us His ways Ultimately, he was crucified, died, and was buried, and he rose again on the third day. And that needs to be your message, that he rose again. He lives. He lives. And he sits at the right hand of the Father, and he's going to come again one day. Everybody is going to see him come back on that cloud. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That is the day that we are, we are waiting for. Uh, proclaim his name and glorify, glorify your father who is in heaven. Jesus resurrected. He resurrected on the third day. Do not leave that out. And each time that you speak of our Lord, name him Jesus Christ, the son of God says this, says that this sermon, that's why it's so important because He is teaching us to this very day. In, and it's going to, in verses 17 through 19, gets really, really heavy because a lot of people seem to think that Jesus was just a really nice guy who, who claimed to be God. Or even the ones that know he's God, they think that he was just a lot nicer than the God the Father in the Old Testament, and, and that he was just real passive, and he just accepts you as you are, and, and he's just a, you know, a really nice guy. But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, when I began reading the New Testament years ago, I often couldn't even read his words because I held such guilt. It seemed like everything he was, everything that was said in the Old Testament, he just intensified it. You know, you, it, thou shalt not, for instance, thou shalt not commit adultery. He took it a step further. Even if you lust, even if your eyes look at somebody else, that is 
committing adultery. I mean, he, he to me is strict or even stricter in the New Testament because God is God, right? He's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're, they're one God. So, and God does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so his words that he spoke uh, on that, that, the Sermon on the Mount, on that mount, he says this, Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. Whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven but whoever keeps and teaches them he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven pause he did not jesus christ the son of god did not come to abolish the law or the prophets so the law the 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 pharisees the scribes the sadducees they were all of the belief that jesus well i don't know if they i think they just refused to believe to tell you the truth that jesus that the Messiah had already come in their day, and he is the he is the Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. They only believed, and they read faithfully, and tried to live out to their fullest potential, to not break one of God's laws from the first five books of the Bible. That is the law. The prophets is all the other books. I, for instance, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah. And he says, Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. So everything in another passage, Jesus Christ is, is he says, he says, Something like, he's not going to return until everything has been fulfilled from the law and the prophets. So all the prophesying that the prophets did in the Old Testament. He'll return when everything has been fulfilled. And so here he's talking about, he came not to abolish the law or the prophets, but to fulfill the word of God. He, 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 he's fulfilling the whole entire Old Testament and then he says that heaven and earth until heaven and earth pass away not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until all is accomplished he's saying we cannot annul we cannot remove we cannot strike out what we want what we don't want in the Word of God 
We can change it to whatever our tickling ears want to hear. We cannot do any of that. When he gets rid of this world and this heaven and creates a new a new heaven and a new earth when he returns, this is what he's saying. That all will be accomplished before heaven and earth pass away. Until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke. In other translations, it says not one punctuation mark will be removed from the entire Old Testament. These words are, he's not watering anything down. Just because he's not saying in, the, in this sermon, because he's expecting us to know the old, the old Testament, the first five books, all of the prophets. He's, in other words, he's not spelling out everything that was written. He expects you to go back and read the law and the prophets, the Old Testament, to know what he's talking about here. So when people say, oh, well, he didn't write anything in the, uh, he didn't speak about the LGBTQ lifestyle. He didn't get into detail that men can't lay with men and women can't lay with women. And so because he didn't actually spell it out for us in the, in the, in the New Testament, this is how people are thinking these days. That means that people are okay in their lifestyle. That is so not right because he does talk about it in the Old Testament, in the law, in the prophets. He doesn't think he needs to spell it out again because in this time when Jesus was sitting on the mountain, they had the Old Testament. That was their guidebook. They were expected to know what was in it. And we have both the, the Old and the New Testament. We're expected to know what's in the Old Testament. And he's telling us you better not even strike out one little letter or, or any anything from the law until all is accomplished, until everything has been fulfilled. And if you get into the Old Testament, you will see that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. But things still need to take place. Right now we're in birth pains, as he explains, and I'll come on at a later time and explain that. Go through um, other scripture that goes into more detail about end times. But he wants us to know that if somebody is out there teaching wishy-washy information, who's saying that uh, gay lifestyle is okay, who is saying that abortion is okay because it doesn't exact, he doesn't say in the New Testament that you can't abort a child, that you can't abort a child, or he doesn't get into specifics. And so people are excusing. He gave us the great example. When he came down from heaven, was he not conceived of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary? Was he not God at conception? Or people are, are thinking that Jesus might have said, well, not until I was three months in the, in the womb was I human. Or, oh, not until I was six months in the, in the womb was I human. Or, oh, not until I was nine months in the womb was I human. If God 
did not consider a person as a human being in the womb. He would have himself been just laid in, in, in Mary's arms as a born child. None of it makes sense. People are, are way out there and that's why we have to be the light of the world and we have to teach his commandments. It is wrong. It is wrong to be in the LGBTQ lifestyle. It is wrong to have an abortion. And I'm saying this today because it, those two sins are on the world stage right now as being not a sin. Don't be part of that cult. Be the salt and be the light. I, I can't, I can't stress it enough that we, we, this is our calling to be, to tell people the truth about what is right and what is wrong. And I'm going to come on later because he's going to go into speaking specifically about the Ten Commandments in the rest of this sermon. And the last verse that I'm going to read to you guys from Matthew is verse 20. And he says this, For I say to you, that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. That's pause. The scribes and the Pharisees, I mentioned a little while ago, they were trying to live their lives sin by not committing any sin according to the law and the pro according to the law, the first five books of the Bible. Well, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is on record that no not one can be sin free. Only the Son, the spotless Son, is is the only one that is without sin. He is the only one. So these Pharisees and these scribes no matter how hard they tried, they could not get it right. There's no way. So Jesus is telling us that our righteousness needs to surpass what what the Pharisees and the scribes felt was righteousness by obeying each law. Ours needs to surpass them. Otherwise, we will not enter the kingdom of heaven. He, if if you're out there and you, if you're of the religion Judaism. You're not going to make it into the kingdom of heaven. This verse is clear because you need to believe in the son of God. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And only through him will you enter heaven. If you don't believe in him, you're not getting in. It doesn't matter how good you think you're being. That goes for all of us, any religion that's out there or atheism. You're not going to get into heaven unless... He's, he's, he's using the Pharisees and the scribes here as an example. And he's saying that they're not getting into heaven. We need to surpass them. It, plus, he died on the cross for our sins. He atoned. He's the atonement. He was the last sacrifice for all. There is no more sacrifice. There, it doesn't matter if you're still out there killing spotless lambs and sheeps and goats and all that. That's not going to help you. That's not going to help you get into heaven. It it will not help you get into heaven. 
You cannot wash away your own sin right now by sacrificing an animal. The only way that we can be set free from sin is by believing in the Son of Jesus, the Son of God, excuse me. He is the only one that can save us. He is the only way to heaven. There is no other way. Okay, I'm going to stop with that and I'm going to go into Mark. If you want to turn your Bibles to Mark and go to chapter 16, verse 15. And these are just really short. I apologize, I didn't put any markers in here. So Mark 16, 15 says this. Wishing, pause. Sorry, I was in the wrong verse. <laughs> so it's Mark chapter 16, verse 15 says this. And he said to them, and this is Jesus, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Pause. That's all I'm going to read there because he's telling us there in Mark to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation, to whoever he puts in our path. The next verse, go to Luke chapter 14, verse 34, says this, Therefore, salt is good, but if even salt has become tasteless, with what will it be seasoned? Pause. If we don't go out and preserve God's word and teach to the next generation and to teach to people in our path. There, he's saying it. How else will people know about him? How else, if not from us, who will teach the people? John chapter 8, verse 12, <clears throat> says this, Then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Pause. So when Jesus was leaving, when he knew he was going to be crucified, and he was going to die, be buried, and he was going to raise on the third day, arise on the third day. He says, you know, he's taken himself out of the world. He's, he's going back to heaven, but he's asking us to take over. He, he, he came to earth to show us what to do, what to say, how to preach, all of it. And he's now asking us to be the light of the world. And he says that whoever follows him will never walk, will not walk in the darkness, but will have light of life. Because once we believe in the sun, we will live with him for eternity. That's why he says that, that it is a light of life for the rest of your life 
for the rest of your life he will be the light once you accept the son you have the holy spirit and the holy spirit teaches brings us into all truth about the son and thus you begin your walk with the lord and you walk in the light the light of life and then i'm going to go to philippians if you're new to this channel i None of this is rehearsed, so you'll, hear, you'll be hearing me turning pages. So Philippians 2.15 says this. So that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent, children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you appear as lights in the world. Pause. So we need to be the light of the world because we are certainly living in a crooked and perverse generation. And Jesus is on record saying that the last generation will be the, will be the most per, perverse, the most crooked of all. And we've certainly taken, the world has gotten more and more crooked they have absolutely no moral compass and so we need to prove ourselves to be blameless and innocent and we need to teach everybody that we come into contact with about Jesus and we by doing that we will prove we will prove that we are children of God because we're not going to water down the, the word of God because Jesus Christ never did. He never did. And the last one will be Colossians 4, verse 6. It says this. Let your speech always be with grace as though seasoned with salt so that you will know how you should respond to each person. Pause. You can't, we have to have grace because God has grace for us. So we can't, when we're out there um, being the salt to the earth, we can't be with our finger pointed and yelling at somebody to, to live a different life. Our job is just to speak the truth to people with grace. Never be... Um, don't remember the be remember the beatitudes. If we're leading with those examples and not approaching people with anger and hostility and 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 just mean, we have to be graceful. We have to be peacemakers. We have to. And somebody might not receive the word the first time from you. It might take a second time. But it's worth planting the seed everywhere you go. Don't, don't miss an opportunity to preach the Son of God to people. There are a lot of missed opportunities that I can say that I missed. I missed. Missed. But each day I try 
try to do better. I, I just came back from a, a trip and there was a gentleman sitting across the aisle for me. And I thought, later on, I thought, well, maybe I should have talked to him about Jesus because you never know who God puts in your path and who he wants you to talk to. And I considered that a missed opportunity. So let's, let's try to just see who God puts in front of us and not miss any opportunities. Let's do this together. It's time. It's time to be bold in our faith. It's time to teach a, a crooked and perverse generation that God does have commandments he wants us to try to follow. We, we're not going to get it right. We're certainly not. I, I can't get it right. Well, we would be liars if we said we got it right. We're going to mess up. But thank God that we are washed clean. Thank God that we can mess up with, with one step and repent with the next. And it's about not trying to sin, you know. Once... I heard it recently being put really good. Somebody said that a lot of Christians are just professing Christians and their faith has not reached their heart. So, and if it hasn't reached the heart, they're not truly saved because you can't just be a professing Christian. You have to believe in your heart. Scripture says that you need to believe in your heart, not just even the devil professed that he knew God with his mouth, but he didn't love him in the heart. And so we have to have that belief, leave our minds and go into our hearts. And then that's when the Holy Spirit starts to transform us. So if you're seeing a transformation, you're on the right track. It's reached your heart. If you're not seeing a transformation and you're, you still have that wall up, perhaps you haven't exactly let the gospel reach your heart. So that's, that's the message for today. I'll come on as soon as I can to go further in Matthew. I'll continue with the Sermon on the Mount. I hope um, I've reached somebody today. I, I do want to say that, yes, I fumble my words, and you're going to hear the pages turn sometimes, and I might drop my Bible. <laughs> um, but I'm doing the best I can. I want to I want to be one of the disciples that goes out and is the salt of the of the earth and the and just just the light that people need to get out of their depression get out of there there's a lot of people being weighed down with a lot of stuff right now the devil is on striking and we need to remember to lift up raise up that shield of faith that extinguishes all the flaming arrows of the evil one do that every day Get into Ephesians 6. Pray the full armor of God over yourself before you go to sleep. It'll keep your dreams pure. It'll help you. It'll help your night. It'll, it'll bring you into a good day. 
the next day and also pray to God that you stay in his will each day don't think about tomorrow or the future because you're going to get overwhelmed that's why he teaches us not to do that to stay in the day and and just live your life in the will of God because whatever's happening to you right now it might not seem for your good but it is and it's some life is hard but if we we just sub, submit to God and stay in his will we're going to be okay much love to all all the glory to God until next time bye